Welcome to The Witching Hour. I am Patty Negri, a psychic, medium, and good witch, and your host for this hour journey into the other worlds. You might recognize me from my regular appearances on Ghost Adventures or from my book, Old World Magic for the Modern World, but this is The Witching Hour. This is my baby. What is The Witching Hour, you may say? Well, it is actually late at night when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest and magic happens. But this witching hour is whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This witching hour is about, well, my lifetime of spiritual experiences, education, the paranormal, magic. But it's mostly about my guests. I bring you amazing guests from all over the world, the best in their field, in magic, spirituality, the occult, metaphysics, and all things supernatural. And today is absolutely not an exception to that and I'm honored because this is the first time I actually get to meet him so let me introduce you to Tim Shaw Tim Shaw has been a lifelong researcher in the fields of the paranormal and the metaphysical he grew up in the western New York State having relatives in Lilydale spiritualist assembly can't wait to talk to him about that a spiritualist community sorry um, it was only natural for him to develop an interest in these mystical fields. Having been brought up by Roman Catholic and spiritualist, gave Tim great insights into the miraculous as well as the phenomenon of the world around us. He is also, he's a medium. He has taken training through the National Spiritualist Association of Churches. That's a mouthful. Um, the Omega Institute, the priesthood of, oh, that's another world that I can't get. I'll have to ask Amelia Chedek as well as under the tutorage of many influential instructors. I actually have two pages of information. He is a successful author, lecturer, media personality. He is sought, sought on to consult with television shows like Ghost Lab, Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunter, Spikes, Spike's Ghost Ops, and Destination Miracle Paranormal Lockdown. And I am just talking in circles, so I'm just going to introduce this beautiful man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Tim Shaw. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, it gets to be a little, you know, you know, I'm always like, I always feel embarrassed when people read off my bio because it's like the, the, the simple truth is, is like, I've just been kicking around so long. You can't help but like collect stuff along the way. So to <laughs> me, it's like, it's like dust bunnies that have attached to me over time, but I've been blessed. I was able to do so many different things, you know, and learn and, and meet people like yourself this is, uh, uh, I think, I think that's what the fun of what I do is. Uh, too many people take what we do way too seriously, and they miss, you know, the pure joy of what we're doing. Like today, being able to meet you and and talk to you today. So I am just like, I'm just like thrilled. I'm kind of stoked. I was all happy all day long, you know. Thank you. Me too. Again, because we haven't got to meet and this is great. And I hear so many great things about you from mutual friends and just knowing who you were for so long. And I am ex really excited. I want to get into all sorts of things, how you got started here, how you knew it, medium, blah, blah, blah. But I want to go to, because I've been doing seances since I was seven or eight. And unbeknownst to me, I think my style is very much the spiritualist style. I even over the years learned to say some things that I, I've just dug out of things that were said by people that haven't been said in a hundred years. But you actually trained with that. You've actually been to Lilydale, which is like up there above going to like Greece on my on my to-do list so 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 how did you just kind of grow up in this how did this happen it's been my, in my family since the 1880s so my father's side 
And uh, I was brought up Roman. Pol I went to a Polish Roman Catholic school growing up. And this, like, Irish, uh, Scots, uh, German, whatever kid didn't quite fit in there. So it was a little tough. So during the summer, my father used to take me, my parents used to take me to visit relatives in Lilydale. And it was just such a natural fit. And everybody down there was just so down to earth. And uh, it, that was probably about 1972. I was probably like 9 or 10 at the time. And it just stuck. I, I remember going back and uh, one of the nuns had asked us to write an essay, what we did on our summer vacation. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, what I had to write was, oh man, during the summer we went, oh, we went to the healing temple. We did meditations. Uh, we, I got a, I, I got a message from my great, great grandfather at the, at the, you know, the inspiration stump in Lilydale. And, you know, we, needless to say, uh, a couple days later, I got a little note that said, uh, you know, give this to your parents. And it said, Mr. and Mrs. Shaw, we've got to talk. And we had to have a talk. And uh, my father came out and he said to me, listen, this is what she said. Uh, she doesn't care. She's not going to go. And, you know, it's a religion. She understands that. But don't talk about it, in, you know, with your classmates. Guess what, Patty? Right after that, I had to talk to everybody because I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I mean, we were, I mean, we were able to go and work with. We didn't work with. See, the National Spirits Association of Churches at the time was like the big game in town, and uh, you know, they don't really go for using tools of divination outside of like seance tools, like trumpet and that sort of stuff. Uh, so they didn't really use boards, or they didn't really use anything like uh, pendulums or anything like that. But we used uh, a shot glass or a wine glass on a polished table for yes or no answers, which is nothing more than a talking board. And uh, we used uh, we didn't use like a planche. We used a write the old writing planches, the automatic writing planches. They look like a planche, and you have a pencil in there. So that's where I cut my teeth doing that. And I know that you'll find it hard to believe, but like I was like a hellion when I was a kid. So. All my friends down there, we used to, you know, during the season, during the summer, I mean, we'd ride our bikes right into tourists that were there and cause mischief and stuff, you know, riding our bikes into Lake uh, Casadega. So they thought we got to do something with these kids. So they put, they enrolled me into a lyceum, lyceum is spiritualist Sunday school. And that's where I really, re everything really started to take hold because it just made perfect sense to me. And uh, along the way, I got to see some really crazy stuff. It was sort of at the end of like, there's two ages in spiritualism I always categorize. Great age, the golden age, where everything was growing up. But then there's the age of fraud. And it was like at the tail end of that age of fraud, you know, we had the billet readers. And, you know, I'm not going to say all billet readers are fraud, but there's a tricks to it that you have to watch for. But I always remember the biggest thing, Patty, I ever just blew my mind was I can't wish I could remember his name, but he stood up there. This gentleman stood up there and he was channeling through. But a second voice came out of his solar plexus Wow! at the same time. And it's like it wasn't ventriloquism because, you know, it's like right here was right. That's right. You know, I was right up front and I'm like soaking all this in going, oh, my God. And. At that point, I knew it was something that was special, and I knew that I it'd probably be, you know, my I'll, I'd probably follow it for the rest of my life, which I pretty much did. So that's 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 my that's my whole, uh, you know, how I got involved with it and everything. Plus, on top of it, I got the chance 
to meet some of the, some really unbelievable people in the field back then. And, um, it was great. And the one thing I will say is, uh, uh, the best piece of advice I was ever given at now there's a place called the Maplewood Inn, which is like, I call it a railroad hotel, but it's a, it's an older hotel and it's got a Victorian, great Victorian porch. And at the time they had like all these wicker, old wicker rock, rocking chairs and stuff. And as a kid, we weren't allowed to be on that on Friday and Saturday nights. We couldn't even sit on the steps. We had to sit like in the dirt, like in front because there's a parking <laughs> lot there. And it was because all the registered mediums and the guest mediums from out of town would sit there. But I'll tell you what, Patty, that was like the greatest education I ever received when mediumship, because they would talk about everything. They would talk about trance work. They would talk about different guides, how to how to tell, you know, what the vibrations felt like, if it were lower, if they were higher. Uh, you know, and it was unbelievable. And they turned around one time and they said to me, uh, this old guy looked at me and just like he had this old walrus mustache. And Patty, he looked at me and he said, boy, what you're learning here is to be, you know, it's 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 to be a great addition to your life, but it shouldn't be your life. So go out there with the people and, you know, be part of them, which meant uh, in my case, you know, just go out there and be yourself. Use the religion, use the spirituality for what it's worth to work with people. And, you know, through Lyceum, you know, we were taught, you know, we we're supposed to be of service to those on both sides of the of the veil. So, I mean, that was probably one of the greatest things that anybody ever taught me. So I always remember that. And I just wish I could remember everybody's name from when I was so young, you know, because, of course, when I got to be a teenager, sex, drugs and rock and roll took over, you know, and, uh, until, until a little later on. But uh, uh, when I came back to it and uh, but, yeah, I I wish I really could remember it. I go down there a few times a year. It's only an hour drive from my my driveway. So, wow. you know, nothing for me to just pop down there and. And see, you know, some friends or just wander the grounds. And I got a chance to meet some great people like the late Raymond Buckland. Uh, I knew him pretty well down there and, you know, just so many different people. So I, I've been blessed. So that is amazing. That's why I'm going here. I don't know. Because I, I feel energy in spaces and places. Like even where I am in Hollywood, there's this big vortex that I think that's why Hollywood where it is. It brings in the dreamers, the writers, the creative and the spiritual. And the, um, so and I know that that's upstate New York, right? Isn't that whole area? Do you think there's something in the land that brought that there? The rushing waters. Where, where I am is... Uh... I'm located probably about five, about 10, 15 miles away from Lake Erie, which pours into the Niagara River, goes over Niagara Falls. Uh, it's always been a haven for, for artists and, and writers from, you know, forever. Uh, I believe that Lilydale uh, was situated there in the place where it is. It was It's right on Lake Casadega. And I believe that there is something with the ley lines and the geology that really attracts people to go there and i know like just for the healing aspects of it uh i don't know anybody that has ever not felt more at relaxed feel better physically after a visit to lilydale and they don't even have to go to any of the healing uh, uh services or, or any any of the other services or the church services just being there and walking around they feel so much better so yeah i it, there's something to it there, there really is I, I felt it since i was a kid yeah, yeah, because that's what, when I travel now, I try to be really aware of, okay, yeah, the buildings are great, the people are great, the history is great, the culture mm -hmm. is great, let's get to the ground, what is the ground, you know, right. you feel it, like at a mining town or something, you feel that ore and stuff in the ground, it's, it's, 
It's interesting. So you are obviously led here by family, by spirit, whatever. Um, and, and you definitely are gifted. I can see that you have the gift. Now, do you think you were born with it or did they develop that? Do you think somebody can learn to be able to see the other side? You can, anybody can learn it, but I mean, it's, it's part of the senses. Uh, I took classes with the, uh, uh, the great tracker and uh, American mystic Tom Brown Jr. at the old Omega Institute. And uh, Tom is a big, big proponent of when we were in that hunter-gatherer stage, we needed a little up on, you know, other tribes and other nomads in order to go and survive. And it's just part of us. And whether it's ancestor worship through scrying and pools of water or you know, looking through divination and clouds or whatever. We all have it in some way or shape or form. And as an instructor, uh, it's my job to figure out what people are good at. And let's just go and I try to just bring them up nice and slowly and bring them up to where they feel great. And after they get some competency in it and really they, they feel good about doing it, then I'll introduce a little something more for them to work with. So everybody has it. It's just that, you know, you know, you have to sometimes develop it a little bit more. It's it's just muscle. It's it's muscle memory. Clearing and simple muscle memory. And people people put too much for like with me. I, I'll tell you what, because I've been doing this for so long now, Patty. For me, it's it's just sort of like it's it's so second nature. And people come up to me and go, Oh man, this is great. You do this, you do that. It's I turn it on, I turn it off with a breath. Uh, I, you know, I ignore it. I, you know, uh, the only time that, uh, you know, it turns on like automatically is if it's a crisis or something and that's it. That's the only time. Otherwise I'm at that point now cognitively where I kind of, you know, I let it go and anybody can do it. And that's what the beauty of what we do. And you, Patty, you know yourself, it's the beauty of it. We can go and, you know, we can teach other people to bring that up and to show people that. And 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 I, th there's nothing better than that student that was like, you know, I'm as psychic as a rock. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, they're doing psychometry. I have a piece of I have a piece of coal from the Titanic that I go and I use as a as a trigger object for psychometry. And I had this girl that just couldn't nothing. Just I'm talking nothing. She took that. And all of a sudden she goes, this thing has been hidden for, for, for a long, long time. And I just feel like it's just something tragic happened with it. And she went on with it. And it was a piece of coal from the Titanic. And I mean, her face was like, and I said, yeah, you got it. It's And it's typical. It's just so typical. And that's what my teachers always used to tell me. What you're experience, experiencing is not miraculous. It's typical. It's very typical. Yeah, it's just learning to get that left logical brain out of the way and let that right brain take over. That's how I work exactly. with people too. It's I love that you have an on off. I I literally you you do it with the breath on off switch. Yes. I think that's I think that's a requirement for survival and to get through this life. I literally have an on off switch. I picture like an old fashioned on off. I've been working with a little bit of a dimmer switch just last few years too. But those who <laughs> can't turn it off and get crazy, you don't want to be crazy. You don't. I worked I worked with a psychic. I worked with a radio psychic for a number of years. She couldn't turn it off oh. and she just couldn't turn it off. And it was like, she couldn't go to a restaurant. She couldn't go shopping during the day. That's no way to live. And I know that like when I was training through one of the other, one of the churches that I was uh, uh, serving at the time, their instructors used to tell me, you've got to be able to live in a normal life. 
You know, you've got to be able to get out there and be with the people. You can't be away from the people. You've got to live your life. You can't go and you can't hide in, in, in a cave. And that was the best way that I found to be able to do that. Really. And, you know, because and another thing is, is like I've done I do like psychic walkthroughs. For, I just did a, I did a psychic walk for through uh, for uh, what's the show? <laughs> Portals to Hell with Jack Osborne and, and my friend Katrina Weedman. I've known her for a number of years. And it's like, well, you want to go? Let's go. Breath in, breath out. Boom. We're ready. Let's rock and roll. You know, ah, let's do this. I'm going to, you know, let's not stop. Okay. It's done. Okay. Whew. Okay. Let's go. I can go back to sleep now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, the, that's the way I, that's the way I work. You know, there's, there's nothing better than doing that. The, the paranormal investigators, they work the rest of the night. I'm home in bed or in a hotel sleeping. <laughs> exactly. Hold on one half a second. Somebody gonna answer that? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Okay. I don't know. Sorry about that. The phone ringing. We get to stop for a moment. Okay, it's gone. Ah, I turned it off. It's haunted. Um, okay. <laughs> That is fascinating. Yeah. And to me, that is the sanity. And it makes both sides stronger. It makes the on stronger. So, There's not mushy in the middle. It, when you're off, you want to go to the grocery store. You don't have to talk to people's, you know, dead, dead mothers in the oh grocery. God, you get yeah. to shop for groceries. And then when you put it back on, you're, it's that much clearer to me. Um, now, when you say, because I, I, I hear my listeners' voices going, what do you mean teach people what they're good at? What do you mean? Do you mean like in which of their senses, right? Are you better at seeing versus smelling versus exactly. knowing the glares and stuff? Exactly. You don't want, you know what? You want to build on the, on what they already have. And if they are, everybody's clear ascension. No, that's number one. If you have somebody that is just so clear ascension, we'll build on it. Let's get this clear for What's the feeling? What's going on with this? Let's go and build it slowly. What is it? You know, and then start what, you know, ask the questions, you know, are you feeling intelligence? Are you feeling danger? Are you feeling something natural? Ask the questions. Once they become competent in that, figure out what's gonna, what's next. You know, maybe they're a little bit, maybe they're, they're, you know, clairsentient, you know, they're starting to see things. Some people I've worked with are just, I mean, they are just so clairaudient. They can physically hear in their ears. And it's amazing that they walk into a room and all of a sudden they get a whistling. They know that there's something there. And that's the way it works. And you're an energy reader. You know that. Claire, you know, Claire Ascension is amazing. You walk in there and it's like, I just picked up a, a I had a, before the show, I just got, I just got back just in time for to do the show. Uh, I picked up a, a small haunted object. I have a, collection of things like that that was sent to a friend of mine to get oh get out of their house and it was a small baby jesus and he didn't open it he just handed it to me and i took it and i could feel the vibration you could just feel it physically going up and down my arm and i said oh this guy you know this 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 piece has got something you know so that's what you want you want to be able to go and build that's the important thing. Build. And if you build slowly and you build on existing uh, uh, attributes and abilities, nobody gets scared. Nobody gets freaked out. They come up the ladder slowly and they become very confident and they become so, they just blossom. And then I let them decide, what do you think you want to try? You know, what, what do you, what else do you want to learn? And let them go. 
That is beautiful. I love that you teach too. Um, what do you think the biggest misunderstanding is for people who aren't in this world of ours? And that 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 we can that we can read their minds. <laughs> That's number oh, one. I know. I, I see <laughs> they're going. I can read your mind. I can't read your mind. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> You know, that, I think that's the biggest misconception. I mean, a lot of people, when they first meet me, they're kind of like, you know, they're kind of standoffish a little bit. They don't really know what to think. I just moved to a new neighborhood. My wife and I finally, we bought a new house in my retirement, and and um, we have uh, uh, some new neighbors, and uh, we have, a, they're beautiful people, but they, found, they saw me on TV <laughs> one day, and they said, are you that guy? And I went, yeah, cause I didn't want. I don't like you know. I don't like to let it out too often, and I think they were really kind of like, really like they didn't know what to think that they're you know that I maybe perhaps I'm like thinking like, uh, I know what you did last night or something you know embarrassing <laughs> you know we don't know that stuff you know you know you can get it although I did get a although during a, a church service I was doing gallery I was up serving the podium, and uh, I did get a flash in my brain of these two couples. And the two couples were engaged in coitus, and the two couples were exchanged in coitus. So they were like swingers. <laughs> and, you know, that's one of those things that sometimes you get, you know, that just accidentally, or maybe one of them was thinking about it. I don't know. But, you know, and you're up there and you're like, ah, okay, let's go back to something else. But uh, yeah. Ooh, that's, that a, you know, <laughs> but once again, just a little, you know, maybe you get a little flash, but. For the most part, you know yourself. No, we don't right. know what anybody's thinking. Well, I'm lucky that, listen, I have a man brain. I'm lucky I can even understand what I'm thinking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I again, I, I mean, stuff like that, flashes and stuff will happen, but I, I don't even think it's ethical. I'm not going to read into somebody oh. or start telling them if, if they haven't asked for it. I have, you know, I, knew, I, I know psychics. I know psychics that will go to a mall and sit there and peek. As people walk by, and I was just like appalled when I first heard about I'm that. Appalled, yeah. I said, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, you know, that's their lives. You don't do stuff like that. That's like tapping somebody's telephone, or you know, looking in somebody's window. You know, that's that's just terrible. That's terrible. But you know, it takes all types in this world. And I guess I think because of my training through the churches, uh, my ethics are a little bit different than a lot of other people's. It's a little bit more stricter. So. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very content in not knowing what other pe people are thinking or doing. Yeah, me too. Again, in, unless they ask. If they ask yeah. for help, ask for guidance, and that's a different story. Yeah, otherwise, I like that. I picture a peeping Tom, and so many people are like that. It's like, yes, they are. Ah, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So now how does that, okay, so you're spiritualist trained, you're beautiful in all the gifts of the site and everything. Now working into the paranormal world that we both work in, into ghost hunting and all that, how does that, how does that work? Do you bring your, your wisdom and guidance and even ethics and integrity into that in a different way? Because a lot of paranormal people don't know the spiritual side at all. Right. Even right. they get into trouble, and not not the ones by the time they get to TV usually, but some of those amateur paranormal investigators have no concept. They just want to see ghosts. Yeah, basically that. I learned a long time ago when I was a teenager, uh, I took part in spirit rescue circles, and that was where mediums would get together and go to different houses. And that was like paranormal investigations, except like with nothing, you know, except your mm -hmm. own abilities. And uh, so, I mean, I learned then 
that you when you're when you go on a paranormal investigation like you're like us uh because we're beautiful you know not psychics we're just beautiful people but uh uh if when you go on a paranormal investigation i i kind of walk a fine line because i don't want to take over the investigation i don't want to walk cuz there's a lot of a lot of psychics that will go on these walkthroughs and they will just take it over, you know, like this one's, this has happened here. This is this and this and this, and you know, and they're, they're not, they're unfocused. So I'm, I believe in, in pure focus, but I also believe in, you know, knowing my place. So beforehand, I always ask them, do you want me to, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do the walkthrough? Do you want me to, to stick around? Uh, I, and what I will do is I'll, I'll just put it into a recorder, what I'm getting, and I'll give you the SD card at the end of the night. Is that what you want? And, you know, a lot of times they just say, no, you know, just be part of it. Cause I, I'm fascinated by all the gizmos and, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I mean, I've got, I've got totes, literally totes full of gizmos that, that I've built or somebody's given me or whatever. And I, I think it's amazing. So the tech really just like blows my mind with it. But a lot of people, what they do is they, they go into these places and they don't realize what they're opening up. They don't understand that they can turn around and make it worse for that client. Uh, you got something negative going on in a location. You go in there and you're doing whatever. Well, that's like opening up that portal door. I mean, that's like that creates that artificial portal for, you know, and then you got the other side going, hey, we got an open door. Let's visit <laughs> in. And then they leave. And then these poor clients are like sitting there with all this stuff going on and, and there's so much going on. So I the people that I work with, I I work I, I don't belong to a team, but I work with several teams here in Western New York. And uh, most of them are very careful, at least around me, about what they're doing and 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 how they do it. Now they they a lot of people want to go and right away want to play with Ouija boards and stuff and and I collect Ouija boards. I got like 60, 65 now. Ooh, and more than me. That's good. I hey people people are like just get this out of my house. You know? Yeah, I've had I that. Love that. Somebody on the door, like hi, okay. Okay, I love this, and I teach it. I take them and I cleanse them and I just and I use them for teaching, but. Uh, they'll 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 play with a board and, and it's and I say play with a board rather than work with the board mm -hmm. because they're like doing a vigil. You know yourself, seance, there's their seance and then there's vigil. And vigil is like a seance, except it's not structured, it's there's no etiquette. And most of the time people don't really understand that like when you sit down and you're like working with a board or whatever, or even with a recorder, you've got to open that door, you gotta close that door at the end. And they don't get it. They don't get it. And that's where I think a lot of the problems with paranormal investigators come in. Uh, they don't take that time. And, you know, you can talk to your blue in the face. And, like, I'll go to small circles. We have a couple small circles here in western New York. And I'll go and I'll, I'll talk about paranormal investigations. My whole class is the mediumship in the paranormal. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I show them like the tools, but I also show them how to do it. You know, what's what's the protocol? Let's do this safely. Don't go, you know, don't go in, you know, with, you know, a half cocked belief system. You know, you have to come in there. If you don't, if if you're an agnostic, at least accept that you're an agnostic. If you're a believer, accept that you're a believer. But you have to be able to go and work within your own sphere. You've got a lot of people in there that have, in this day and age, unfortunately, don't have any spirituality whatsoever. 
and they're just walking and whatever, you know, and, and those are the times that, you know, I get, I get these calls and or messages going, I really think there's something going on. I think I brought an attachment home. Well, gee, why, what did you do? Well, you know what? We were working with the Ouija board and I said, well, did you close it? Did you at the end of it? No. Uh, we were calling out looking for intelligent responses. We're calling out, uh, working for, you know, looking for EVPs. Well, at the end of it, did you say, I want to, you know, we'll close the session? No. Okay. Well, now we kind of, and then now I got to go and talk them down, you know, listen, you know, this, you know, maybe you have this, maybe you have that. Tell me what's going on. So yeah, the, the, the paranormal, I just wish a lot more people would, and I'm not, the spiritualists don't beat down, you know, you know, beat on doors and we don't pass out pamphlets. Uh, you know yourself, we're a religion of conviction. And, uh, you know, we just want people to, you know, we want we want people to be more open to their own, you know, spirituality and, and those on the other side, rather than pushing the, the envelope. And the other thing is a lot of people, a lot of the paranormal investigators, uh, now I, I, I was trained to provoke, you know, which is like a big no-no in paranormal investigation, but I've been doing it for so long and I understand where it's coming from and I'm reading that energy and we're trying to go and we're trying to get a purpose to lessen something going on. We're trying to look for the battery. What, like my uh, my buddy Johnny Zaffis always tells me, you got to look for the battery. What's going on in that place? So we're looking for that battery. And that's what I want the investigators to understand. There's stuff that powers it. And if you don't shut it down or you don't turn it off, you can open up a can of whoop ass on your ass. <laughs> you are not going to be a happy person. And, but I mean, but nine tenths of it usually falls on the clients. And that's why people, paranormal investigators just have to be, you know, a little bit more savvy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's why I went there because you have a. I to me, it almost doesn't matter what your belief system is. Just have one. There's right. A lot of ways right. to do it. Open and close, and it's just who you're gonna call when you get scared. It's a roadmap. You need a roadmap to navigate. Exactly. Whether you take a typical Judeo-Christian, whether you take a spiritualist, whether you take a pagan, whether you take whatever that is, you need to navigate. Exactly, exactly. It's, I always teach people, it doesn't matter what you do, because what you do is a ritual. What is a ritual? Break it down. Ritual is a stylized prayer. What's a stylized prayer? It's an intent. It's a focused intent. And if you start if you start studying religions and rituals right across the board, it's almost all the same. I mean, I have, I have friends in the craft. I have friends in hoodoo and voodoo and Santeria and, and uh, my God, I mean, I have hardcore Christian friends. And they all, it's all the same at the bottom of the, of the bottom yes. of the heap, you know, it's all the same. And that's what I teach. And that's what I taught because I see energy. So it's like, okay, you just change the name. You just use different words. My grandfather was this big philosopher, a practically evangelical atheist, didn't believe in anything. And he mm -hmm. studied religions and he wrote about religions and he wrote about God and gods. And, but it was from atheistic, but I read his work now and it's like, Oh, but you're to me the same thing. You're just using science words or academic words or different words, just different words. If you look at the through line of the energy and the facts, exactly. And it is. It all goes to intent, intent, focused intent, whatever form you're getting at it. Exactly, you know, exactly. Boundaries. And when you go, I my whole my whole teaching method is this. My philosophy is this: kiss, keep it simple, stupid. I am not the most intelligent person out there. I I freely admit that. So I try to break it down so that I can understand it. If I can understand it, I'm hoping that other people can understand it. And if you keep it simple, all of a sudden, I, I had a, you know, I've worked with exorcists before. And one of the guys I worked with said to me, uh, 
you don't believe in angels or demons. I said, no, I don't. I mean, it's, spiritualism really doesn't teach that. You know, heaven or hell, it's just a summer land, that whole thing. And I said, no, I said, I have more energy. He said, well, let me ask you this. What's, what, do you, what do you consider like a higher energy, a higher vibratory energy? And I said, higher vibratory energy. He goes, we call that angels. He goes, what do you call something really low? I said, well, it's low, it's thick, it's whatever. He goes, we call that demonic or we call that minions or we call... He goes, but it's all the same. And at that point, the you know, my man brain kicked in and said, "Oh my God, he's right." And at that, after that, all this, I, I have to admit that anything that I really questioned over the years, it all clicked in. It all clicked in. And I I attended a lecture by the past president of the National Spirit Association of Churches. She married a former Jesuit theologian. And they were at Lilydale, and I couldn't wait to hear this because, man, I just, they were going to talk about the, the, the differences and the similarities between spiritualism and Roman Catholicism. At the, at the end of the talk, I sat there, and, and the only difference was, was the divination of Christ. And wow. one believed there was God, and the other one believed that uh, he was an enlightened teacher, like Buddha. And, you know, so it's like, at that, again, again, at that point, all of a sudden, everything was interlocked and interconnected. Yep. I, I, oh, God. No wonder I love you. We are so of the same mind. That is beautiful. Um, so what you said you have someplace, something you're going to do, something going up, coming up, coming up. I just want to hear all about it. Where are you oh, going tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow uh, I'm going to go up uh, to Hydesville, New York. It's the I'm going to go revisit because I like to go at least once a year. It's like my pilgrimage to see the uh, the Fox Cottage Foundations. And uh, the National Spirit Association Churches actually has a, a building over the top of it with with uh, uh, windows. And I happen to know the caretaker, so I want to get inside there. And there's just nothing better than to walk in into that location, put your hand on the, the actual foundation stones. And um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And the other thing is, is uh, like 30-some miles away, not even 30, like probably 15 miles away is Palmyra, which is the birthplace of... What else? The you know the Mormons, the Church of Latter Day Saints, and they have uh, you know Hill Cumorah is still is there where Joseph Smith received the golden tablets from the angel Moroni. Uh, the Sacred Grove is there where Joseph Smith saw uh, God and Jesus and talked to them and you know kind of plotted things out. So I mean all this is all there and that's fascinating to me because it's it's not in the realm of organized religion but it's in the realm of spirituality. And for me, these are the mysteries that you get to a point in your life where you want to go and you want to delve into. And you really, you know, you, you know, you're taught this stuff for years. And, you know, I've studied, you know, again, in college, I studied comparative religion and, uh, you know, and again, in, in Lyceum and in, in all the classes and, and all the work that I've done when I served different churches, you go and you, you learn all of this, you learn all the, the background. Well, you know what, now living here, I can actually go and touch this stuff. And that's what's like amazing to me because I walk on there and I'm actually walking in the in the footsteps of of those who, you know, who were the founders, you know, and uh, the Fox, actually the the older son, David, uh, David Fox's house is still there. The the house where after the knockings and, and word got out and everybody diverged on this little cottage they retreated to that's right down the street that's it's still there you know and that's amazing to me to see something like that david smith is buried in one of the local cemeteries and right next door to it 
on the other side of a creek, there's this small beat up little house, like not even a house, it's a, like a shed. And that was actually the chapel of a spiritualist summer camp that they used to have right there, right next to it. So I always like to go out there and I love to see these things. And, uh, you know, it, it gives me a, a physical connection to true spirituality. And whenever it's, it's springtime and we're all like, I didn't go out last year. I didn't do anything last year. I should, Nobody did. I yeah, so, uh, it gives me that I, I'm able to go and I'm able to, you know, really renew who I am when I go there. It's like when I go to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, my great, great grandfather fought. His brother was killed there. He fought there and I'm able to walk in his, I, in his footsteps and inside intrinsically uh, it rebuilds who I am. And it's the same thing by doing that, going up to Hydesville tomorrow. And that, to me, is, is going to be great. You know, I just love it. And again, over the years, I get a chance to, meet, you know, have met such great people and, can, and network through. So it's it's always a thrill for me. Plus, then there's a great haunted location in in, <laughs> uh, in, in, in Palmyra, the Phelps store, which is an amazing place to investigate. It's it's crazy. Wow. So, yeah, so I might stop there on the way back, you know, depending how I, depending the route I take. Have fun. <laughs> You know what else is this has done? What I've, I've realized, even the paranormal, just getting into the ghosty stuff this last however many years, is it's brought magic back, mysticism. Our yes. modern West, especially our Western society, our modern society, we've lost all the mystery and mysticism. Even most religion isn't mystical anymore. Right. They've just it's got very left brain and right and wrong, and that's your imagination. And it's like even though coming in the back door for let's go talk to ghosts, it's it's brought out people like you, like me, and this whole other world of there's magic, there's magic. Well, people, you know, I, I Jason Hawes, uh, I've known him for a couple of years, and we we see each other on the on the convention circuit. And I said to him one time, I said, listen, I got to thank you for one big thing. And he goes, why? He goes, what what are you talking about? He was in Lilydale. He was he's speaking in Lilydale, <clears throat> and he said to me, or I said to him. Listen, I said, because of you, we've got younger people coming into the churches because of the paranormal. You've brought back that mystery, that shot. And that's something that I think a lot of us lose when we, you know, get to be adults. You lose that childlike mystery, that that curiosity, that 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 amazement. And, you know, what we do is bring that back. There's nothing more gratifying than actually being able to go and just be a part of it and we get a chance to just see it and feel it and experience it and that's what we look for and i know for myself that's what does it for me me too let's take one break it just keeps some toll-free call keeps coming in <laughs> probably your auto warranty <laughs> i know which i don't have it's like you get 20 of those a day too it's yeah. uh, <laughs> all off um, so, okay, you mentioned something uh, about, like, last year you did nothing, no one did anything. This whole pandemic we've been living in, this worldwide thing where we were all sent to our room. Do you think that that has some bigger meaning? Do you think there's something behind that? Did it just happen, or is this a shift? I think it's part of a shift. Uh, uh, I, 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 my, again, I, I don't want to drop names, but I, I get a chance oh. to meet people. Andrea Perone, the woman that wrote, uh, that wrote the books that... Uh, the Conjuring was was based on. I love her to death. I mean, she, her, and her dad are just—they're just special people. And we talk often about that. And we talk about this whole shift that's going on. And she is a big proponent to it. And the more I started thinking about it, yeah, I, I think that it's something that 
really it's there for a reason. You know, I'm not I'm not the big conspiracy theorist that it came out of a you know a lab or anything. I think it's a natural thing. And uh, if you start researching history and even in a spiritual sense, you start seeing plagues and you start seeing all this going on. And, and we haven't had anything like this since the 1900s. So you, I think we are overdue for this. But I also think that it forced a lot of people to look at themselves and go inside themselves. And it forced people to be quiet. Even with the Internet, it forced people to be quiet because you weren't so interactive, you know, physically interactive. And it really is something that I feel was good for us. I know a lot of people were going crazy. I mean, I didn't because I, you know, I'm in my basement with surrounded by all my new house, surrounded by all my all my goodies. But uh, a lot of people I know sat back and said, hey, you know what? I got to really look at life a little bit differently. And uh, maybe I, you know, I shouldn't take things for granted. And I know for myself, that's the way that I look at things. Uh, you know, I mean, I've when when I think about like you know the illnesses I've had and the surgeries I've had and you know and sometimes these things are unsuccessful you know and you think to yourself you're blessed because of and I think this pandemic really got even me thinking about how blessed I've been over the years you know so uh, yeah I think this was it's 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 the start of it it's the start of it I I keep hoping for a whole new a better world but I'm scared <laughs> I, I'm scared of it <laughs> but but yeah but I'm old now you know so I I, I, I'm old and scary now you know <laughs> yeah. no I think it's a wake up call God God's universe higher whatever word you want to use it's a, it was like you guys are asleep you're asleep at the wheel you're by by rote all those words we are zombies we're going through life going through life i mean not all of us obviously because some of us have magic but the, as a as a whole this people we just it was just you know the gentle shake didn't work just throwing water in our face didn't work we had to get hit on the head by a two by four i think so and it is go to your room and stay there until you figure out what's important and when and you think so about it, that's that's a human race as a whole. I mean, really, it's just you know what the human race actually has a man brain. I'll, I'm gonna I'll just throw that right out there. It has a man brain, and you know I know myself. I have to be like slapped in order to like open my eyes to different things, and I I, I think that that's a big thing. I think this was a huge slap to people. My fear is is that people want to go back to the old normal and. They're going to go and they're going to just forget about everything, the lessons that they learned during this, you know, this year, this pandemic. And uh, I hope not. I, I'm hoping that it really uh, opens up a little bit different shift, you know, more kindness and more more gentleness and, and, and let people be able to go and get in touch with their own spirituality and challenge it and think about it and get that gray matter moving in their brains, you know. And it's like shows like yours that actually gets people to actually get that gray matter moving because you, you bring up some great topics. No, really. I mean, think about that because yeah. people, people are pablum fed. We're pablum fed. Every time we turn around, turn on TV, what's on TV, uh, lawyers suing people, uh, uh, doom, gloom and erection problems. So you need pills for stuff <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, really think about, think about it. That's what, Patty, that's what's on TV and people are pablum fed. And we're already getting to that point where, uh, I think a lot of people started shutting off the TVs. I know I have, you know, a lot of it. And uh, I think they're actually going and they're experiencing. And my big goal in life and how I, what I preach is I preach something called everyday adventures where 
I'd like I'd love people to be able to get out there and do their own research, find different places to go, whether it's paranormal or historical, whatever, and take your family and get out there, you know, and, and travel these different places. And it doesn't cost anything more than maybe a tank of gas and, and, and a lunch, you know, and that's that's what I hope for. And that brings back the childlike joy and mystery to it, you know, and that's what I that that's that's my big thing. You know, I, I, I'll i be 64 this year, so I'm hoping that like I'm mentally regressing back. I'm hoping my wife always says that she's married to the oldest 17 year old. In <laughs> world. So I, I, you know, these things, I just love stuff like that. You know, I just I love being able to get going. I am the same. I, I run circles around the 20-year-olds I know in, in, in youthful, my thought process. Again, when we see the other world that's out there, the possibility, the, the mystery, the mysticism, you know, you don't get old and jaded. You know, no. I don't think chronological no. age has anything to do with it uh, at all. <sighs> so if you have, before we go, this has been the best. You're going to have to come back because oh, thank yeah, you. there's so much I haven't asked you. I'd come um, back in a heartbeat for you. I, okay. Really, th that's fantastic. Yay. So what, do you have anything upcoming projects you want to talk about or anything like that? To people well, I've, got, I've, I've got two things. I've got uh, uh, my show, The Black Cat Lounge. I Actually, I, it was an old show that I had a, as, a, as an audio pod podcast and live radio. And uh, I resurrected it last year because so many people were like really feeling down and all that. So I brought it back and I just threw it out there and it's at seven o'clock on Tuesdays. And I always have guests or we talk about something crazy. Uh, but uh the first week in June, I believe it's the second. Maybe it's the first. It's it's right after Memorial Day. I'll be uh, I'll have some of my things at the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft and Magic in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I'll be working with a uh, I'll be displaying with a photographer who does like some fun, you know, ghost photography, just fun stuff, you know. Uh, but I will be tempering that with uh, some of my. I, I collect uh, old mediumship ads, and I have uh, old Associated Press uh, photographs from Voodoo and and New Orleans stuff, and so we're going to be we're going to display all that in in their in in that museum. So that's going to be great. And then I'm going to take a break for myself until August, and then I'll be up at Sault Ste. Marie at the Michigan Paracon. I'll be try a little Travis Bay, and I don't know what the hell else I'll be doing. You know that that's too far to that's too far for me to think ahead. <laughs> I'll be doing something. <laughs> out of the house again. So how can people find you if people want to know all these places you are or to study with you or anything like that? Well, I have a little website. It's uh, timothytshaw.com. And uh, I do have some of my shows. You know, I keep my shows on there and my events and what I teach and stuff. So you can contact me through there. Or the devil, I call it. My main, my main like, channel of information outside of going and channeling up to the stars is facebook timothy tim shaw i'm on i'm on facebook so you can always message me through there yes, the devil does exist yes it does <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I know it's um, well. Thank you so much, Tim. This is you are brilliant. You are beautiful. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you bring to the world and the awareness and your magic. Um, and thank you for coming on the Witching Hour. Thank you. It's been an honor. And everybody out there, I just want to let everybody know that Patty's the real deal. Just going to tell you right now, hands down, she's so delightful and. Really, you can't help but love her. That's the way. That's the way. I, I'm just gonna throw it right out there. That's just. That's oh, it. Thank you, thank you. Takes one to know one. There you go. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening to the Witching Hour.